coming to you from various places around the world. This is the Global Exhibitor Podcast, the podcast designed to help exhibitors succeed internationally. Most trade shows are boring as hell. Mm. The people who are working there are sometimes boring as hell. I say, make some fun. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. Be alive. Yeah, yeah. You do make it exciting. I hope so. so. <laughs> I have watched you. Your host for the Global Exhibitor Podcast is Jeff Hanna, a designer, entrepreneur, business strategist, industry thought leader, and student of world cultures based in the United States. Here's your host, Jeff Hanna. Well, hi, everybody. This is Jeff Hanna, your host for the Global Exhibitor Podcast. I'm excited today to be on location at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas at the annual Exhibitor Live show with a special friend, Han Leenhouts, who is from the Netherlands. He's actually from Den Haag, or The Hague as we know it in English, which I've been to only in the winter when it was really cold, <laughs> but it's a cool place. Han, it's good to have you. Well, thank you to be here, uh, Jeffrey. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Good, good. Well, for those people who may not know, and we'll get into this in just a minute, uh, he is a best-selling author of a book called Sales and Pepper. He also is widely sought after as a speaker, trainer in the exhibition industry in many countries. I think maybe 200 different locations around the world uh, has he done teaching and training. Um, great speaker and, and teacher from that perspective. But he's well connected and well uh, known in the industry. And it's uh, just a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Well, the pleasure is all uh, mine. The pleasure is all mine. Thanks. Happy to be here. Well, let's get into some questions. A couple of questions about the Dutch compared to the rest of Europe. How are you different in mindset from the rest of Europe? Or are you? Well, we're a small country, and uh, but we're pretty self-confident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we make a lot of noise. Yeah, there are more people who make a lot of, but we can make a lot of noise, and and we're everywhere. I mean, we're a small country. You're good in the Olympics. Yeah, and, and, and soccer and, and, and uh, Formula One is, of course, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> was, uh, we're, we're taping this podcast in Vegas and, and the Formula One is coming to Vegas. I was, this morning was in a session and yeah, yeah, they said, to, uh, yeah, the, the Formula One is coming to Vegas. Yeah, but who's going to win? The Dutchman. Everybody was looking mm-hmm. at me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, are we different? I mean, we're next to Belgium and they're a bit softer. But on the other hand, the fun thing is we... And we're we're uh, easy. Uh, we think oh, okay, we'll, we'll we'll fix it. It's okay. When you sell something to a Belgian person, he's well prepared. He knows everything. He read the brochure. He read your uh, your website. Yeah. And the Dutch sellers have a problem uh, there. Now Germans are very strict. Yeah. Extremely strict. We're like oh, okay, can be done, and we, we'll see. Today's okay. Okay, the next day is uh, is also good. And Germans has to be very strict, and that's okay as long as you know. There is a funny story. I have to tell you. I once yeah. trained in India and about cultural differences. And the Indian people said, yes, Mr. Han, Germans are strange. I said, Germans are strange? Well, yeah, well, sometimes, but uh, yes. I said, what's strange about them? When they want to have the goods delivered on the 15th of the next month, yeah, they really want to have the goods delivered on the 15th of the next month. <laughs> I said, and that's funny for you? Yeah, very funny. <laughs> 
cultural differences. Yeah. yeah so to the rest of Europe, yeah, and we, to be very generalizing, we say the, the, the more south you go, the more laid back people are. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then when you go for international business, those differences become smaller and smaller because everybody knows you have to perform, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but the Dutch are very open. We connect quite easy. Yeah. Are there things that, that Americans don't really understand about the Dutch mindset? Like if we're trying to do business there, what are we missing? What are we um, not understanding? Sometimes you miss the genuine interest. Okay. Yeah. First time I arrived in America, when I ever went to America and uh, I entered a store. Hey man, how are you doing? I was like, that's nice. That's a nice question. How am I doing? Mm -hmm. And foolish and if I was. You took it seriously. I took it very seriously. Yeah, literally. So I started telling him how I was doing. Yeah. But he already turned around uh -huh. and was gone. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's that's strange. And um, and we see that. So we we go. And now I'm being very direct. Yeah. Uh, the smiles. Um, um, I've seen lectures. I'm going to be very direct here. I've seen lectures in, in, in well, all kinds of organizations where we both uh, work for. Yeah. I was in the back of the room. People were really pissed off with the technician and stuff like, well, you know, the, the, the shit which happened before you do a presentation and grumpy faces. And a lady turned around and she realized, oh, there's someone in the room. Smile. Hi. I was like, well, I saw you two seconds ago. <laughs> Come on. Uh -huh. uh, don't, don't. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. That is that is different. I mean, and, and we as Europeans uh, and, and Dutch, we notice that immediately. So we, we say we, we're not buying that. Yeah, yeah. You can't get away. There has to be a genuine, genuinity, and, and genuine intention behind the question you're asking. Yeah, it has to be a real question. So, hey, how are you doing? Then you must be really interested in how I am doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll catch you later. Yeah, and then, this, and, and then you see them again and say, well, well, "By the way, what's your name?" Yeah, by the way, no, my name is not. By the way, what's your name? <laughs> that happens a lot. I know the, with the groups that we both are associated with, or you know, it's just a thing. You know, like, oh yeah. Um, tough question, maybe controversial political question. What do you think about what's happening now in? the Ukraine and and Russia. Just curious. Yeah. Um, scary. Mm -hmm. Scary, to be honest. Uh, I've trained there. Mm. Uh, I went there to, to support my uh, the soccer team for my uh, town in Rotterdam when they played. Uh, I went to Odessa. Um, I was on the verge of doing a big training for Ukrainian exporters. I can yeah. show you my, my, my text messages two days before the war, which was funded by USAID. And uh, I was going to do a project there. Yeah. So, um, but it's scary. And, and well, let me tell you this. I did, the other day I spoke to a, a Russian friend of mine. I mean, because here is the same. Yeah. Not all the Russians are bad. Most of them are quite okay. Right. But he said, yeah, well, I think Europe doesn't understand what's happening because sanctions he says for years and years and centuries we have had hardship so we're not impressed by that yeah the top layer uh, uh, don't have the, the fancy products anymore but 
the majority of the people couldn't afford those products. Mm-hmm. They have had times when they had savings in the bank, yeah, which were worth ten thousand dollars or rubles, or uh, and all of a sudden only a hundred, yeah. and they had to cope with it. So they can cope with it. And then he said, "Well, and it's happening right now." And I had the conversation a month ago. He said, "Well, we'll see in the winter when half of Germany is sitting in the cold." Mm. Yeah, and all the other countries, if they are so united, and I mean that was a Russian perspective. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, well, and now we see it here, but they, they, uh, it, it's becoming a, a an energy war, which is scary. Yeah, scary. Uh, and a food crisis with the food crisis, yeah, yeah, rice and all that stuff. But on the other hand, well, let's be honest here. I mean, we were used to to have everything. Everything was there and stuff like that. And yeah, maybe, maybe there's a, a system shift coming up. Hmm. I didn't know this was going to be politics, but it's okay. No worries. Yeah. Oh, well, no, <laughs> I just threw that in for good measure because yeah, I wanted good, to know. Which is good. No, 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 no. It, it's, I talked a little bit about it in one of my sessions today because, you know, I'm a believer that there are these, well, I call them unseen forces because yeah. they're political pressures and there's a lot going on geopolitically yeah. in the world that most of us are oblivious to because it's not talked about on the news that we watch or CNN headline news or Fox News or any of that. And people suddenly are surprised, oh, Russia's invading the Ukraine. Like, where did that happen? Well, they've been upset for a long time because at the end of the war when the Soviet Union was broken apart and that was forced to happen. It wasn't something they wanted to happen. And so they're stewing all along in anger, like we got to get this back and waiting for a time maybe for that to happen. So everybody else in the world's moved on like, oh yeah, no problem. And then suddenly this is happening and we're all surprised. We have been naive. Yes. I think in China, for example, when they had the big lockdowns in Shanghai, Shanghai has become so westernized in their thinking, they forgot they lived in a communist country until they were made to like get tape on the door so they couldn't leave their room or move out of their building so it could be a a shelter for quarantine, yeah. you know? And it's like, oh yeah, you do live in a communist society and that won't happen so much in Western culture. So I think there's these unseen forces people forget about. So are Dutch DJs really the best? Yes, they are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Because that's yeah, what yeah, everybody no, no, in no, the no Netherlands, about they it. won't even go to listen to a DJ that's not, if they're not a Dutch DJ playing. Yeah. Well, well I know, know like Norman, them. Norman Amis uh, yeah. and people like that when he's been here with me, he's like, is it a Dutch DJ? Like, I don't know. It's like, well, not going. Well, we, we have Sorry, a lot. Sorry, Norman, if you're listening to the podcast. Yeah, we have a, we have a lot of good uh, Dutch DJs. They're also good. Uh, uh, David Guetta is also good. And there are a few uh, foreigners. But the Dutch, yeah, they, they, they're good. They're good in that. Uh, we, we do know how to make a party. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Well, okay. uh, let, let me tell you, last week we had uh, IFES. We had a world summit and it was in Amsterdam. And yeah, we had an 80s uh, party, dress-up party. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that great. was big fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Look it up on the nice. website of IFES, you'll see that. <laughs> yes, I missed that. But anyway. 
on part of what you do in terms of the this training process yeah. that you go through is to help people in a lot of ways throughout the process in terms of what they're doing on a trade show floor during an exhibition. True. So can you talk about how you approach that? What are you teaching people uh, in that process yeah. and how you approach it? Yeah, that depends on the moment they bring me into the process. Uh, if I'm very early, yeah. sometimes I even, together with the stand builder, look at the booth and my vision is how to make the transactions. Uh, because when you have a fancy design, he wants to make a fancy design. <laughs> and I mm-hmm. say, that's nice, but it also has to be functional and people have to work with it. Eh? And is it functional to work with? And uh, does the, uh, the future crowd respond to it? That's uh, important. Then we do just the, the, the basic training, uh, which is engagement training, uh, sales pitch, um, um, and how to qualify uh, people. And then if they have a little money left, then we also do coaching on the show floor. And that's always in a funny one, because then uh, show start at eight, nine or 10. I say, well, okay, the show starts at nine. Okay, we'll be there at 7.30. 7.30? Why? So we'll... We have to know the booth. Eh? Mm. If it's a small booth, maybe may like, But if you have if you, uh, a, a nice booth with a lot of square uh, foot or square meters, then you have to be there on time to get to know the booth. Yeah, That's your wor- working space for the, uh, for, for the coming uh, days. You have to know that. Uh, and then the show opens. And then often I just have to be there. Like, okay, just have to look around. Hey, there's someone. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 but... Yeah, why are you not going? Yeah, well, probably, well, probably it's, it's nothing. Do you know? Have you spoken to him? And we all know the situation where the the youngest uh, <laughs> employee is going to someone, and that's a, and it's a big fish. Yeah? So that's very practical, uh, very practical training, and I, uh, and that's always the, the the big fun. Now, what also is interesting, you have sometimes when I have a training in the Netherlands, it's just pre-training in the Netherlands, and we go to the show. But when we do international shows. Um, and especially when we do in the, them in Europe, you have uh, multiple languages. Yeah? Yeah. For example, personally, I can do training both in English, Dutch, but also in the German language, okay. which is always a good thing for international customers because the German team likes to be trained in Germany, and, and especially when the trade shows in Germany, it's also logical. Yeah? Yeah. And, and in your, uh, in, well, as the Germans say, Heimsprache, your home tongue, you get the best uh, transfer of, uh, of info. Um, but that is always done because when people fly in the day before, yeah, yeah. and then you the day before you do the training, you stay with the team for the night, you get a bondage, you have breakfast in the morning, and you go to the show floor, and that's always big, big fun. That's yeah. always big, big yeah. Fun. And you work on the show floor with them too. Yeah, w- w- with them too. Yeah. yeah. And I bring in. That's a funny thing. I, I say, I say, I'm, I'm going to bring in uh, leads. Yeah, but you don't know anything about our uh, products. Yeah, yeah, that's my advantage. <laughs> I don't know anything, so I ask questions. Yeah. Ah, yeah. And then I, then I just bring in random people and I ask them two control questions. So I say, what do I have to ask? Yeah, okay, this is that. And I ask them two control questions. And people say, oh, but you immediately ask them the right questions. I say, yeah. Yeah, normally we jump around a little bit. So yeah, you, you can do that too. Yeah, it takes longer, but... Uh, yeah. It really works. I say, yeah, no one will bite. As long as you're open to say, hey, I'm open to talk to you. Yeah. It's an invitation. Do you want to dance? If yeah. they don't want to dance, it's okay. Yeah. 
I've learned it well. We're having it. Um, I've learned it at the show floor here. I opened my uh, my eyes to everyone. And said, "Hey, yeah, well, we, we had a, an, an interesting theme with a moose, and, this, and 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 we had a good story around it." And people are open to that. Most trade shows are boring as hell. Mm. The people who are working there are sometimes boring as hell. I say, make some fun. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. Be alive. Yeah, yeah. You do make it exciting. I hope so. so. <laughs> I, I have watched you MC events and things like that. So you do a lot of different things, uh, just so the audience knows. But yeah. uh, you were MCing a thing that I was speaking at. I was one of the speakers at Euroshop the last go around before yeah. COVID, days before everything locked down, right? That's true. So, I'll be doing that yes. again. Uh, so if you're coming, um, I'll be your MC too again at the. Uh, uh, I was Eurasia. just asked uh, earlier today if I would speak at the IFA stage. So yeah, I should be there. Well, then uh, we'll meet again. <laughs> yes. In Düsseldorf. What does your ideal client look like? That's a client who is. Um, open to expose his team to uh, a big chunk of energy. (laughs) No, and who says, some people say, well, why should we train? Yeah. And I always say to them, okay, what's your favorite tennis player? Golfer. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's like tennis players. And some people say Nadal, uh, Djokovic or whatever. So is, is that a good player? He's a very good player. Yeah, top top five, top uh, two uh, world ranking. Okay. How many matches does he play? Yeah, this, how many tournaments? Yeah, this and that. Big number. Okay. So he's good. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah. You like him? Yeah, I admire him and he's so good. Yeah. Does he ever train? <laughs> yeah, probably a lot. It's okay. How many trade shows do you do uh, with your team uh, per year? If they do more than 10, that's a, that's a lot. That's a lot. Most, yeah. it's, it's less. It's, oh, yeah. So a few times a year, you you, you have to be, bring your A game. Yeah, yeah. Train? Jesus, you're right. Yeah. So come on. Mm. Yeah. yeah, but maybe the team thinks, oh, are we not good enough? Say, yeah, of course the team thinks that. Yeah, yeah but we have guys who are uh, very good, I say. That, and then I'm arrogant. I say, I don't think so. The most experienced guys come in, be arrogant. Who are you? What are you going to teach me? I've been doing this long enough. Yeah. And I'm not picking on them. And I'm just working with them. I say, so you got a lot of experience. How many? How many? So, will you help me share your experience? Oh. <laughs> well, uh, what do we have to do then? <laughs> and then they start turning. I said, no, no worries. <laughs> fun, fun. No, I, sorry. So I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting enthusiastic. I, I just want to tell you one thing. That's that's typical Dutch. That's a typical Dutch thing. Yeah. I had I had uh, people from procurement. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You want to do training? Expensive. Said, well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's all. Always relative. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do and and can you assure us that you will be that there will be a result? I said no. I cannot. <laughs> no, it's impossible. <laughs> It's impossible. Yeah, but uh, no, well, no cure, no pay, no cure. So, well, we could try. So, you really want to go no cure, no pay? And then I get enthusiastic. Oh, we, we, do you really want to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. So, no cure, no pay. Yeah. What about cure? What do we do when we have success? Double pay? Yeah. Uh, well, 
I said, we do a 1,000 euros extra. Yeah. Okay. When is it a success? How are we going to measure it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Next question, of course. Because I hate the question. Like, oh, yeah, do, do, can you do... Because it's a, it's a, like, oh, I want to get some money off it. I never do that. Yeah. yeah? Starting the uh, haggling. Or go away. Go away. Yeah. Go to someone else. Yeah, there's a guy who can do it uh, cheaper. Yeah. Why? He's not and then I'm being arrogant. Does yeah. he, do you think he has a lot of work? Yeah. And maybe that's too cocky, and, and, but I don't care. And then, and then the guy said, yeah, okay. And, and no, well, this is our goal. These are our goals. Okay, well, do we have a deal? I said, no, not yet. I said, I know what I have to reach. After the training, I will have the right to remove anyone from the team who is not, uh, not going to give a contribution to the end result. Wow. Hmm. Do you understand that? Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what, uh, sir? Uh, we pay the full amount. It's okay. <laughs> and it's off the table. I just make them see that it's not a good question. Yeah. 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 Well, it kind of misses the main point of why they would need to bring you in the first place. But it's not a cost. I think if people spend time with you or read your book or are around you, they will start to see the value that you obviously can bring. I give away a lot of info. I have, I've, uh, I've my training uh, condensed into 10 minutes and it's on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel and, and people can just watch it over and over again. On the website of IFIS, there are a few uh, instruction videos yeah. free of charge. Yeah. And people say, oh, why do we give everything away? Oh, well. I'm not giving myself away. It's just information. Yeah. And, and, and sharing is caring. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Well, it's been a pleasure, Han, <laughs> having you on the podcast with us. And uh, thank it's you for pleasure, sharing Jeff. all hey, this well, We'll see you on the stage in Dusseldorf. How nice is that? I'm looking forward to it. If people want to reach out to you, what would be the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, com. Okay. Or go on LinkedIn, Han Lainouts. I accept everybody. <laughs> I'm not selective there. I'm on LinkedIn, Han Lainouts, then you, then you can find me. Yes. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks. So this has been part two of a two-part interview with Han Lainouts. If you didn't get a chance to listen to part one yet, please check that out. We like to remind people that all business is conducted within the context of culture. So each episode provides insights to help marketers understand the cultures they're trying to reach and strategies for building bridges across cultural divides. If you like the Global Exhibitor podcast, please share it with others, subscribe to it, and rate it on iTunes. We greatly appreciate the feedback. Please also check out our website and blog at www.globalexhibitor.com. And finally, if you or someone you know would make an interesting guest on this podcast, please let us know by sending an email to guest at globalexhibitor.com. And until next time, thank you for listening.